This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, DMV? I'm Lanell Willingham here with you for the next two hours. Here on this Mother's Day edition of Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. And before we get started, I'd be remiss if I didn't kick things off without giving a special shout out to all the mothers out there and those females, you know, who play the role of mom in someone else's life. We thank you. For being the steady force in our lives, doing all you do for our families, and quite frankly, keeping our asses in check, all right? So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there holding it down and being the rocks of so many families. And for all the listeners out there, when you call and chime in today, feel free to give a little shout out to a special mom in your life. We're going to open up the lines on our MGM National Harbor listener line, 1-800-636-1067. Notice I said a little shout out. So don't be all long-winded, Tupac, dear mama style, okay? But feel free to show some love real quick to a special mom in your life before you give some of your outlandish sports takes. I'm here with you till 2 o'clock. we got a packed show for you here on this Mother's Day edition of Overtime. I have a few guests stop by the program. Sam Fortier, Washington Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post, will join me. He was in Ashburn Friday for the Washington Commanders rookie minicamp getting the first look at the 2022 class on the field in person. So we'll ask Sam how the young pups looked, who stood out, and uh, what's next to look forward to on the commander's offseason calendar. We'll also ask Sam, you know, where he thinks this team stacks up versus the field in the NFC East post-draft as we get geared up for training camp. So you don't want to miss my conversation with Sam That's at 1240. At 1 o'clock, we'll switch gears a little bit. We'll take things over to the ice. Grant Paulson will join me to give his reaction to the Caps' huge Game 3 win at home against the Florida Panthers yesterday. And for those of you who watched and weren't lucky enough to be in attendance, I was watching on my couch. It was rocking at Cap 1 Arena yesterday. Grant was actually at Cap 1 Arena yesterday for the 6-1 win. And just a remarkable bounce-back performance from the Caps, plus Grant will give us the latest on what he knows surrounding Tom Wilson's injury and just how long we can expect Wilson to be out. That's at 1 o'clock. But first, I want to take a wide lens view of this Washington Commanders offseason. And I want to ask you guys out there as well. Like I said, we'll open up our MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1-800-636-1067. You know, now that the dust has settled, From a player acquisition standpoint, free agency and the draft, now both in our rearview mirrors, what's your overall assessment of this offseason for the Washington Commanders? I want to hear from you. 
Like you said, we'll open up our MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1-800-636-1067. I want to take a wide lens view of this Washington Commanders offseason. Free agencies happen. The draft has happened. We're 16 days away from phase one of OTAs where the veterans will have to report the rookies were there on Friday. But if you tuned in last week, you kind of already know where I'm heading with this. If you're the Washington Commanders and Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew and company, you got to feel you accomplished what you needed to accomplish in this offseason so far to this point. And if you tuned in last week during my opening soliloquy, you, you understand that you know, I opened up with a round of applause for Ron Rivera and company for their work in the draft. They'll be here this afternoon. We'll take a wide lens view of the Washington Commanders offseason as a whole. And for me, I'll give you my opinion. When you played that week 18 game, you know, at the Meadowlands against the New York Giants, a game that nobody wanted us to win, it ended up in us, you know, picking 11th here in this draft. And there were some clear holes on this roster that needed to be filled. You know, addressing the quarterback position, you know, was item one on the docket. And Ron Rivera and company, you know, give them credit. They did it. They got their guy. Yes, it may not be, you know, the consensus guy of who the fans wanted, but they got their guy. And they checked off some key boxes on their offseason to-do list. They addressed the quarterback position with Carson Wentz. He provides stability at the quarterback position for Washington, something we haven't had in some time, dating back to Alex Smith in Ron Rivera's first year. And you can even call his play unsteady as he continued to turn the ball over as we headed into the postseason. But if you go back to the year Alex Smith got hurt and you started off 6-3, and three, and you were playing this brand of football that Ron and company want to now reintroduce and make it a part of this culture. Carson Wentz could do a lot of the things physically that Alex Smith can. And for the last two seasons, talking about 2021 and 2020, Washington was playing offense with quarterbacks that were limited from a physical standpoint talking about Taylor Heineke and his inability to consistently push the football down the field. Quarterback was obviously your number one position of need heading into this offseason. Ron Rivera and company told everybody who was listening, we are in the market for a quarterback. We're going to get one, no matter what. Now, if if you'll take a few steps back with me, going back a few months, there was definitely... There was definitely some indecision, you know, from the fan base of whether or not they were on board with this move or not. At the end of the season, when Washington made it known publicly that they were in the market for a big-time quarterback, names were thrown around like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Washington not able to acquire either of those two guys. Russell Wilson ends up being the only major chip at the quarterback position to switch locations as he took his talents over to Denver. It was unrealistic for Washington from the get-go 
that they were going to be able to acquire a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And as we see now, it was a pipe dream for anybody to acquire Aaron Rodgers because he wasn't going anywhere. The name Derek Carr was floated out there. And it never really made sense to me why those big-time names were being thrown out there for Washington to possibly acquire because why would their current teams let them go? So Washington ends up having to settle, and I use that word settle because in, in, in hindsight, that's what they did. They had to settle for Carson Wentz. And I, and I tell the fans out there and anyone who's listening, you could have did a lot worse than Carson Wentz. You could have. You could have ran it back with Taylor Heineke next year. That at one point seemed like it was a realistic possibility maybe. Or going with a rookie. And if you're a fan of me and my takes and know my opinions on this thing, you know I was itching and clamoring for a rookie to come in here. Specifically Malik Willis. I'm a huge, huge fan of his talents and the potential that he shows at the quarterback position. But nonetheless, Washington ends up acquiring Carson Wentz. Everyone was all up in arms about them having to take on the $28 million salary. They were up in arms about having to give up draft capital. But if you take a deeper, closer look at Carson Wentz, the quarterback, and who he is, and what we're going to be asking him to do, I think it was a match made in heaven. Tell me what you think. We'll open up our MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1-800-636-1067. Now that the dust has settled, free agency and the draft, both now in our rearview mirrors, what's your overall assessment of this offseason for the Washington Commanders? We mentioned quarterback. Quarterback was the number one thing on the docket that you had to get done. You had to upgrade and address that position. They did it. Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, and company, they did it. It may, have not, may, may not have been a name that everyone wanted, but it was a guy that's coming off a season in which he threw 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. My producer in studio, Jeff Walker, here with me. Jeff, can I ask you a question? What's up, man? Do you know how many touchdowns Taylor Heineke threw last year and how many interceptions Taylor Heineke threw last year? It's okay if you don't. No, tell me. 20 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. That's bad. Wouldn't that mean Carson Wentz signifies a remarkable upgrade at the position? Sure. Isn't that what you would think? Last year, Washington scraped and clawed their way to seven wins and just missed the playoffs with Taylor Heineke at the helm. On a first-place schedule. On a first-place schedule, I might add. On a first-place schedule. Taylor Heineke nearly led these boys to the playoffs. Carson Wentz coming in here now, coming off a season where he throws 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And his departure from Indianapolis has been one of the most talked about things in this offseason. Well, what type of guy is he in the locker room? Look, I don't, I'm not an insider. I'm not a beat, not a beat writer. I'm not in the locker room on a day-to-day basis. So I don't know about all the the drama in the locker room of, of potentially what Carson Wentz was and how he was as a teammate. But on the field, numbers don't lie. 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and had the Indianapolis Colts one win away from making the playoffs. But like I said, I wanted to open it up to you guys on our MGM National Harbor listener line. 
1-800-636-1067. I want to take a wide-lens view of this Washington Commanders offseason. And I want to ask you guys out there, give me a grade for this Commanders offseason to this point. Now that the draft and free agency, both in our rearview mirrors, this is what we're rocking with going into 2022. This, this is the squad. This is the team. What do you think, how do you think Washington fared this offseason? We'll get to that and more of your calls next. This is Linnell Willingham on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming nationally on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. Linnell Willingham here with you until 2 o'clock on this Mother's Day edition of Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming nationally on the Odyssey app. Still to come, we've got Sam Fortier, Washington Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post. He'll join us at 1240 with the latest from Commanders Rookie Minicamp. Plus, in the next hour at 1 o'clock, our own Grant Paulson will join us to give his thoughts on the Caps' huge Game 3 win over the Panthers. Grant was in attendance at Cap 1 Arena for yesterday's big victory. Plus, he'll give us the latest on Tom Wilson and when we can expect to see him back on the ice for the boys in red. And then before we sign off on this Mother's Day, I'll give you my updated power rankings in the NFC East, and I promise you, you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. But before we went to break, I posed a question to the listeners out there. BetMGM National Harbor Listener Line, 1-800-636-1067. The fan, tap in with me. Now that the dust is settled, From a player acquisition standpoint, free agency and the draft, you know, both now in our rearview mirrors, what's your overall assessment of this offseason for the Washington Commanders? And I want to open it up to the listeners out there. Tap in with me. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 1-800-636-1067. What's your overall assessment of this football team as we get closer to the start of training camp? We're just 16 days away from the start of phase one of OTAs. And barring any last-minute signings in this final wave of free agency, this is what we've got. The table's set. This is what this team is going to look like come August when the pads get to popping in training camp and stuff is for real. We got a caller. We'll go to Cornell and Gabe this where I give his opinion. What's going on, Cornell? Hey, Linnell, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Doing well. I'm a new fan. Love to see what you're doing. I actually have a question for you. My question is, um, with Washington going out and getting a quarterback, how many bad games do you think they need to see by Carson Wentz before they give the young guy a chance? Stop it. Stop it. Now, now, obviously, I appreciate the call and appreciate your opinion. Don't drop him. Don't drop him. Don't drop him. I, it's an interesting topic for me because if you were tuned in last week to what I was saying, I thought the team drafting Sam Howell, you know, in the fifth round, what was a contradiction of what Ron Rivera and company has said the goal was this offseason after they had acquired Carson Wentz. And that was to do their best to surround him with weapons, whether that's along the offensive line uh, or, or the receiving core. We saw them address both spots. But when you draft Sam Howe, it, it opens the door for questions like like the one Cornell has. How long of a leash does Carson Wentz have? And and in my opinion, I think you got to roll with the punches. They have the the team has the ability to get rid of Carson Wentz, you know, after the 2022 season 
for, for nothing. There'll, there'll be no cap hit, no cap penalty. How long do, do I think it takes? How many bad games do I think Carson Wentz has to have before Sam Howell starts to get into the discussion? I, I think Sam Howell's got to unseat Taylor Heineke as the backup quarterback first. That, that's that's got to be the first order of business for me. Because everything we've heard from Ron Rivera and company, you know, since the team has drafted Sam Howell is that there's no pressure on him. He's coming in here to be the third-string quarterback and, and, and try to compete, you know, for that third QB spot. No pressure on him. He has the ability to come in here and just develop and learn. And that's what Ron and the company have been preaching. And it's an interesting question for, from, from Cornell. We appreciate the call. But I, I think I think based off of what they're saying, and if they're being transparent and open and honest, then there shouldn't be any scenario in which Sam Howe unseats Carson Wentz you know, during the 2022 season. But I'll tell you this, to those of you who are into the you know quarterback drama that this town loves to bathe in, if for some reason Sam Howell does find his way on the field in 2022, 2022 will be the last time Scott Turner, Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio and company, it'll be the last time that those key cards work to get in the building at Ashburn because they'll be gone. They'll be gone. And Cornell poses an interesting question, and I'll allow you guys to comment on that on that as well. What's it going to take for Sam Howell to potentially see the field? And I, and I gave you my take. I don't really think there is a scenario in which he's going to get on the field, and if he does, that means all hell has broken loose. But like I mentioned, I mean, what they've done this offseason – Outside of them selecting a quarterback, which I thought was absolutely bonkers, makes no sense. It's a complete contradiction of everything that they've been saying they want to do. Outside of them adding Sam Howell to this mix, I'm a huge fan of what they've done. I'm a huge fan of what they've done. I told you guys we want to take a wide lens view of this Washington Commanders offseason. Now the free agency and the draft both have passed, and this roster is pretty much what it's going to be. Heading into training camp, you know, barring any, you know, last minute signings. I know uh, Ron and company, you know, spoke in their media availability about the potential of adding another linebacker to the mix. I know you guys have probably all seen the reports out there about James Bradbury and the Giants potentially wanting to part ways with him. He's got the Commanders, you know, background playing with Ron in Carolina. So outside of them adding a veteran free agent or two, for really depth purposes, I think this roster is going to be what it is heading into training camp. And I mentioned the number one thing, the number one, the the, the top item on the checklist for Ron and company heading into this offseason was finding their guy at the quarterback position. And they think they've done that in, in acquiring Carson Wentz. Like we mentioned, Carson Wentz, a guy, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions last year. Washington fans know after, you know, bearing the brunt of watching Taylor Heineke for 17 weeks. You know, we should be fiending for that type of production at the quarterback position. And for Carson Wentz and his addition to this team, it's more about, it's it's more than just the numbers for me. I think what Carson Wentz 
First of all, he's 6'5", 220 pounds. He looks the part. He gets off the bus looking like a franchise NFL quarterback. What he's going to allow Scott Turner and company to do, I think his arm talent and just him being 6'5 and being able to see all three levels of the field, I think he unlocks this offense and the potential that this offense has. And we mentioned they added some weapons in this offseason to try to help him be the best version of Carson Wentz he can be. Taking, him, take, taking us back to that 2018 magical season where he was an MVP candidate. They added wide receiver Jahan Dotson in the first round. And what he's going to have the ability to do, complimenting Terry McLaurin and hopefully a healthy Curtis Samuel, People nationally are taking notice to Washington's offseason. James Palmer of the NFL Network, someone who's been keeping tabs on Washington's offseason from a national perspective, shared some of his thoughts on Washington's supporting cast of weapons for Carson Wentz and why he's curious as to how Scott Turner and this Washington coaching staff will deploy rookie first-round pick Jahan Dotson. Here's more on what James Palmer had to say. We don't have the sound yet on Palm. In a nutshell, we'll, we'll give you the, the, the Palmer piece here in a second. In a nutshell, he was basically saying he was a fan of it, as am I. But we'll let James Palmer tell you. So you're exactly right. I was going down the list that you're talking about there and comparing it to what he had in Indianapolis a year ago. And I don't think he's had a receiver like Terry McLaurin very often in his career. And then we'll talk about Dotson, and I'll go into that a little bit. But you're right, Curtis Samuels, that Swiss Army knife that had some injuries last year that can do a lot of different things. And you mentioned the running backs. I mean, you have three guys that can do different things for you in the running game. You get Brian Robinson that coming in the draft that's more physical back. You got J.D. McKissick that kind of can do a variety of things. And at the same time, you have Antoine, Antonio Gibbs and they can do a lot of different things in space. And with Dotson, I'm curious to see, Steve, what they do with him. Because when I talk to receiver-needy teams, they kind of all told me the same thing. They love his hands, maybe the best hands in the draft, love the way he plucks it out of the air. But with his size, they see him as a slot receiver, and maybe that's it. And whether Dotson likes it or not, or the commanders like it or not, he is going to be connected to Jamison Williams and Chris Olave on a daily basis because they were sitting there at 11 when Olave was selected when the Saints traded up and then Jamison Williams picked at 12. His name's going to be connected to those two other receivers throughout his time, but they believe he's going to play at a variety of spots. It's going to be interesting to see how they move him around because a lot of teams I talk to see him just as an inside guy. That's James Palmer of the NFL Network giving his thoughts you know, on Washington's supporting cast that they've put around Carson Wentz. And he got into a little bit more specifics about the first-round draft pick, Jahan Dotson, and, and some of the, you know, physical limitations that, you know, teams around the NFL thought he may have. But you mentioned, but he, but he mentioned it in that piece, and this is what I love, shorthanded. A shorthanded wide receiver that's smaller in stature that's got a great catch radius. That That is what, you know, Jahan has been lauded for here in this pre-draft process, and now that he, we've got him here in Washington, that's all we've heard. But an interesting point that Palmer hit on in that piece was the running game and that running back room. And I think what Washington was able to do, first of all, it all started with me, the re-signing of J.D. McKissick, and after quarterback, acquiring a quarterback this offseason, re-signing J.D. McKissick 
was right there on, next on that agenda of what Washington had to do in this offseason. And they draft this kid, Brian Robinson, out of Alabama. And James alluded to it. I think Washington in this offseason has potentially found their identity. The combo of Robinson, Gibson, and McKissick. We've got a call here that we'll get to you here in a second. We're about to go to break here. we got Sam Fortier joining us from the Washington Post here in our next segment. But we'll go ahead and take the call before we get out of here for this for Sam Fortier. We'll go ahead and put him on. Mike, where are you calling Hello? from, buddy? Hey, I'm calling from Manassas. What's going on, buddy? What do you um, think? I am actually disappointed because um, I think they panicked when they went and got Wentz because I think they took on his whole salary. They gave him a, uh, basically a third and a second. If they would have just held off for a little bit, there would have been plenty of other quarterbacks. Now, hold, on, now, hold on, hold on, hold on, buddy. Let, let, me, let me stop you right there, and, I, and, I, and I'll let you rebuttal to what I have to say. Okay. If they weren't able – and they didn't acquire Carson Wentz. What was left? Matt what, Ryan. What was Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan only became available when Deshaun Watson decided to flirt with the Atlanta Falcons and become a potential destination for him. At right, that point I'm in saying, the offseason, Matt Ryan wasn't an option for this team. The Falcons weren't too happy to move on from Matt Ryan. They they could have gone they could have gone with uh Mayfield. Do you think that Honestly, and like, it may feel. You think Wentz is the answer? One hundred percent, I do. You, and and, you and, do. This, and this Sunday after, on Mother's Day at twelve thirty will be when I go on the record and say that because I've been holding this in. I haven't gotten many opportunities to sit in this seat, but I promised myself when I did, I would go to bat for our new starting quarterback, buddy. Now here, here here's why I think he's the answer, and I alluded to it earlier, and I appreciate your call, buddy. Carson Wentz has the ability to do is unlock this offense. A lot of times last year, we saw Washington and Scott Turner's offense, a lot of checkdowns, throwing it to the running back, throwing crossing routes, getting the ball in these speedy receivers' hands, letting them make plays, which is fine. A lot of teams play that style of football. New England, you know, was famous for it, you know, including their tight ends and running backs in the passing game. But what Carson Wentz allows you to do at 6'5", 225 pounds, is he can throw that thing down the field, something Taylor Heineke physically was not able to do. And when you're standing at the quarterback position and you're 6'5", compared to Taylor Heineke, who's six foot on a good day, it allows you to see things. And what I think Wentz has the ability to do, it doesn't. we don't need it to be flashy. We don't need it to be sexy. We need it to be efficient. And I thought he was that last year in Indianapolis. You talk about 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. It's nothing to sneeze at from a statistical standpoint. I gave you Heineke's numbers from last year in the opener. 20 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Cutting down on the turnovers is just the smallest, thing, the smallest improvement he can help with this offense. And as I mentioned, unlocking it and being able to push the ball down the field allowing guys like Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel to be three-level receivers and three-level threats, intermediate, short, and deep passing game. I think he immediately opens that up. 
and philosophically what Washington wants to do. And they showed you, and they tipped their hand by the draft. They add Brian Robinson Jr. to this backfield that already has Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. They want to run the football, control the line of scrimmage, and take deep shots down the football field. That's going to be their bread and butter. They added Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell up front to improve the depth on this offensive line. They're able to re-sign swing tackle Cornelius Lucas. And they draft the kid Chris Paul out of Tulsa. They're trying to win from within, and they're going to play ball in the trenches. We got to go to break here. We'll take one more call here before we get to Sam Fortier here at the bottom of the hour. We'll see. Put, put him through. Put him through. What's going on, buddy? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Shane from D.C. What's going on, Shane? How you doing? Hey, man, Carson Wentz, man, had a, one of the best running backs in the NFL last year, probably the best in history. So he leaned on him a lot. Second of all, I think that $28 million they took on is not worth the Carson Wentz. I know you're trying to – he's a football player, I get it, but he is not the answer. If that's what you think, then you're, I disagree with you. I hate to say it, co-heartedly. You're allowed to disagree with me on this program, but can I – we'll have to go to break here. But as I mentioned, I'll continue – to throw nuggets and facts out at you as to why I think Carson Wentz is the guy. And we'll get more into Carson Wentz in the rest of the class when Sam Fortier joins us in the next segment, Washington Commander's beat writer for the Washington Post. He'll join us to give his thoughts. He was in Ashburn Friday for Commander's rookie minicamp. What does Sam Fortier have to think? We're here with you on this Mother's Day edition of of overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live on the Odyssey app. What's going on, DMV? Linnell Willingham back with you here on The Fan on this Mother's Day edition of Overtime. And so far in this first hour, we've taken a deep dive into this commander's offseason. Last segment, I got into Carson Wentz and just how important he is to what Ron and company want to do with this offseason. And I mentioned in the last hour, in the last segment, he was their prize bull in this offseason. Quarterback, what they wanted to go after and address. They solved that with Carson Wentz. Sam Fortier joins me now on our BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app. Sam covers the Washington Commanders for the Washington Post. You can follow him on Twitter at Sam4TR for the latest on the Commanders. What's going on, Sam? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking some time out on this Mother's Day for me. I know you and the fam got a lot planned, so I'll get you out of here quick. And Sam, I'll pop things off with this. You know, you were in Ashburn inside of the practice bubble getting an up-close-and-personal look at this 2022 rookie class. What stood out for you in your first look at the Young Pups? 
I think the first thing has got to be Jahan Dotson's hands. I mean, I'm not one to, to get too amped up about rookie minicamp. This is, you know, the first time we're seeing these guys. Everybody looks great when, when you don't have pads on and, and you're just throwing the ball around. But uh, Jahan Dotson really made a couple of, of nice concentration catches. Um, there was one Sam Howell threw a little bit early, a little bit wide, and Jahan Dotson came out of his break and, and you know, really had a late reaction on the ball but, but managed to secure it. Um, Cole Turner, uh, the fifth-round tight end in Nevada. Uh, Ron Rivera really likes him. He's talked about that a lot. He said, you know, that, that guy, a lot of people are, he's going to wow a lot of guys. He had the, the athleticism and uh, the catch radius that, that we, he was raved about. Percy Butler, uh, the fourth-round safety out of Louisiana. Uh, he brought three uh, suitcases for a three-day minicamp. <laughs> yeah, people were clowning him about that. Uh, so those were kind of the, the main things that stand out in my mind. So, Sam, I posed a question to our listeners in the opening segment, you know, that I think I'll ask you as well. Now that the dust has settled from a player acquisition standpoint, you know, free agency in the NFL draft, now both in our rearview mirrors, you know, Washington probably won't make too many more significant additions to the roster unless, you know, a surprise cut comes from a veteran and they'll try to get in on that. What's your overall assessment of this offseason for Washington? I think that. I would push back a little bit on the premise uh, because last year in mid-May, they found a starter at left tackle in Charles Leno. They, they found a, a starter at safety in Bobby McCain and, and a returner in DeAndre Carter. And Ron Rivera actually talked about that on Friday. You know, he said, you know, he, after the draft, he said, we're not done. Obviously, they signed, you know, guard Trey Turner. They signed uh, returner Alex Erickson. Uh, I, think that, I think that they still have a couple more moves they want to make, particularly at linebacker. Um, I mean, Overall, uh, you know, I don't think the grade is incomplete. I think the grade is, is somewhere between a, a B and, and a C plus right now, con- considering obviously wow. uh, that's engine on, on Carson Wentz's play. But right now, I, I think you know you, you didn't get an A because you didn't get that superstar quarterback you wanted. You know, you missed out on Russell Wilson. Um, but but I think that you know they've done things that make sense. They've built a a uh, a pretty high floor. It seems like. But is this a team? that is one of, you know, that, that you would say is likely to be one of the best in the NFC. Um, I think, I think that's still an open question. So I would lean maybe more towards a B right now. Um, and, and that could fluctuate depending on Carson Wentz. Yeah, Sam. And as you mentioned, jury's still going to be out as far as off season grade, because Carson Wentz, the biggest addition, we haven't seen him on the field yet. So I, I agree with you. I'll probably give him an incomplete right now as well, but I'm very high on the moves that they've made to this point. I'm here with Washington Commanders beat reporter Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. You can follow him on, him on Twitter to get the latest on the Commanders as we continue to bear crawl through this long offseason, Sam. You wrote a story on Friday, I believe, for the Washington Post, and you highlighted one specific Commanders rookie in safety, Percy Butler. In, in talking with him and guys around the building that were high on this young man's ability you know, and his character coming out of Louisiana Lafayette, how big of an impact do you expect him to have in year one? And I know it's only rookie minicamp, but how have you seen him deployed to this point in this defense? Yeah, so he told me that coaches told him when we say Buffalo nickel, that slot defender in their big nickel sub package, you're going to be in. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that that's going to be a really big role because it, it's unquestioned. You know, you can look at the numbers, you can look at the film, everything so- shows you that 
Washington's defense was at its best last year with Landon Collins, Bobby McCain, and Cam Curl on the field. That three-safety defense where Landon was in the Buffalo nickel and they could disguise coverages. That's how they beat Tom Brady. That tells you that's what they were the, the best at. And so to me, if you're asking a rookie to go in there and play Buffalo nickel, it's work. Cam Curl did it in 2020. You know, there's no, um, there's no disputing that. But can Percy Butler fill those pretty big shoes if he's going to be the Buffalo nickel? He'll compete at it. He'll compete at safety, Ron Rivera said. But to me, um, you know, that's a pretty nuanced position uh, to ask for a rookie to play. And um, especially for a guy who is seen as, you know, he has a lot, NFL draft evaluators said that he had, uh, you know, really good instincts. He, you know, he ran a four three six in the forty. Uh, but but he, there are times that he freelances, and there are times that he takes bad tackling angles, and he's not a consistent tackler. So can he refine that game? Can he be that guy to step into an important role at Buffalo Nickel? Um, those I think are the questions we're going to have going through the summer and through training camp if he sticks to that position. And Sam, it's been a whirlwind of an offseason for the Commanders, but they're not the only team in the NFC East dealing with some major changes. Uh, we've got a new coach down in New York with the Giants. Uh, in my opinion, Jalen Hurts, surprisingly, is on his final act with the Eagles after they've done everything this offseason to ensure his success You know, by being aggressive and trying to improve the weapons around him. And in Dallas, they've made some questionable personnel decisions after a disappointing exit from the postseason. And Sam, with all that being said, if you could rank the NFC East one through four for me, as we're just 16 days away from the start of OTAs for the Commanders. Ooh, this is it's a spicy one. I like it. Um, <laughs> just because of how they played last year and because of the ceiling on their offense and the stability at quarterback, I'm still going to put Dallas first. I know that's not going to be Come on, popular. Sam. I want you to start I, the pot. <laughs> I mean, but to me, they're still the number one team uh, in the East. I, I, would, I would put Washington second. Uh, wow. I think the defense is better than, than it showed last year. I think the offense, particularly with Carson Wentz, he can make all the throws. Uh, you know, he's, he's not going to be pinpoint, but uh, they obviously addressed that in the draft. So I would put them second. I would put uh, Philadelphia third um, just because of the, uh, the weapons that they've added. I think they're a smart franchise. I think that, you know, they're on the up and up. Uh, but, I, but I still question Jalen Hurts' ceiling. Uh, and then I would go fourth with the, with the New York Giants. I think they've made decisions uh, to, to put themselves in the right direction. I think they're on a, on a better trajectory than they were with Joe Judge. Uh, but, but to me, uh, I have sort of same, similar concerns about Daniel Jones that I had about Jalen Hurts, and, and that's why they're 3-4. and four. Spicy stuff from Sam Fortier. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sam4TR, writes for the Washington Post and gives you all things commanders. Sam, I appreciate you taking some time out for me on this Mother's Day. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Appreciate you, buddy. That was Sam Fortier, Washington Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post. We'll come back in this last segment. We'll go short and react to some of Sam's answers. And we'll bring in Jeff Walker to see what he thinks. But in the excuse me, within the next hour, Grant Paulson will join us. He's the host of Grant and Danny, the afternoon drive show here on 1067 The Fan. You can catch him weekdays 2 to 6:30. He'll join me to give his latest on the Caps Game 3 win over the Florida Panthers. This is 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live on the Odyssey app. Welcome back, DMV, and those listening nationwide on the Odyssey app. I'm Linnell Willingham with you here for about another hour here on 106.7 The Fan, special Mother's Day edition 
of overtime. We just talked to Sam Fortier, Washington Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post, and he had some interesting things to say. Uh, specifically, what caught my eye, you know, was his him talking about Percy Butler, and you know just how open and honest Ron Rivera has been to the media and to anyone who's listening <laughs> about the role this young man's going to play. And Sam alluded to it, you know, in our, in our conversation. Washington's defense through those first six to eight weeks of the season was just horrendous. I mean, they were terrible. They couldn't stop anybody. And it, it took them deploying that three-safety lineup for us to really see the team speed defensively that these guys, you know, have the potential to show. I thought... It was interesting that Sam mentioned Percy Butler was going to get you know the rights to come in and try to compete at that Buffalo nickel spot right away. And if you look at Washington's roster as it's currently comprised, they don't have that many in-house options, you know, to potentially replace Landon Collins. I know it's been you know widely reported out there that there is some mutual interest between Collins and the team for him to make a return, you know, and a comeback and potentially still be a part of this team. As everyone knows, they designated him as a post-June 1 cut. So Washington hasn't even felt the cap relief from that move. Another thing Sam hit on that I thought was also really interesting is the potential for Washington to be active here in this last wave of free agency. And if you look at the roster and the way it's currently constructed, there aren't that many glaring holes left. I think Washington, along with every team in the NFL, can stand to use some depth. But as I mentioned, you know, as I was recapping their offseason, I thought they did a tremendous job adding depth along the offensive line as well as running back. Well, they did a hell of a job. And shout out, you know, to their, you know, scouts and, and talent evaluators. They did a good job adding depth along this offensive line and the style of football that they want to play depth along that offensive line and in that running back room is going to be premium. It definitely is going to be something, you know, that's going to be needed for them to have success. And I started to get into it before we got on with Sam and took some of your calls. I think what Washington did this offseason, in my opinion, was establish the identity of what this offense is going to be. And I mentioned the addition of Brian Robinson, the running back, out of Alabama and how he compliments Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick in the backfield. I think I think Washington wants to play a physical brand of football. Ron and company, you know, consistently refer back to that four-game winning streak and controlling time of possession and how integral Antonio Gibson was in that winning streak. And now that you've added another big bruising running back, that can spell Gibson on some of these early downs. I think it only helps, you know, that that physical identity that they're trying to establish. And I mentioned adding Carson Wentz and how he has the ability to unlock different parts of the football field with his size and arm strength. It's going to be something interesting, you know, to watch as this offseason, you know, drags along and we continue to get more information about how they're going to deploy some of these weapons offensively. But we got to take a break here. Coming up, I'll be joined by Grant Paulson, the host of the Afternoon Drive Show here on 106.7 The Fan. 
You can catch him weekdays 2 to 6.30 right here on The Fan. He was in attendance at Cap 1 Arena yesterday for the Capitals' huge Game 3 win over the Florida Panthers. We'll talk to him about the atmosphere and where the momentum is right now for this team. And Grant Paulson dropped a bombshell on Friday during his show regarding Cap's right winger Tom Wilson. We'll get into that as well. This is the Mother's Day edition of Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live on the Odyssey app. 